Disney rolled a 20 on intelligence and spring an onward to digital early as the world crumbles around. <laughs> this is spoilers. This is spoilers. Let's go. Hello, I am your host, TV. Today or tonight, whatever time you're listening to us, is a very exciting point in time because Disney has released a new Pixar movie, 2020s, went to theaters for like a day, now on digital, onward. It was from theaters for a week. I saw it, and I'm in <sighs> Washington. You saw it in theaters? Yeah, I did, on IMAX. In Washington State, before everything shut down. Was it still, like, movie-going fair at the time? Was it crowded, or was it, were you, like, the only one in the theater? It was, like, 11.30 on a Wednesday, so I would say just the usual couple families, you know, is probably under 15 people, which I think would be normal for 11.30 on a Wednesday, considering the schools were shut down, too. 11.30 at night or in the morning? In the morning. Okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> I was, was going to say, that. at night, I was like, that's late. No. Well, speaking has been Renee Pixie Bomber, who's always with us on Disney movies, which I love. Uh, where are you recording from? I'm I'm sheltered in in Washington State. <laughs> I, it's, it's tragedy. It's like, oh gosh. So we're recording March 23rd, Renee. What's been the weirdest thing about being in Ground Zero of the United States of the COVID nineteen no virus? Kidding. Traffic is amazing. <laughs> That's a plus. Like, it's, it's spectacular. I can get home from work in probably 30 minutes, 35 minutes, and it only takes me an hour. Whoa. I will be working from home likely this week now that the the edict has come down, that we are sheltered in state. Uh, but let me tell you, shopping at a grocery store, people are crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're insane. I get what I need, but other people are buying, like, I need five packs of Oreos. I'm like, what are you going to do with five packs of Oreos? Can you find toilet paper? I haven't looked yet. I have a sufficient supply. <laughs> Responsible. Well, I, you know, went to Costco when I moved into my, you know, apartment, so I still have it. We're down to wet wipes here in Louisville, Colorado. <laughs> this is Pappy. I was going to introduce myself. Yeah, we're, there you we're, go. we're down to wet wipes and uh, the occasional tissue for drying. So that's that's the situation currently. Always a fun time. I have a question for you guys. I feel like there wasn't as much hype behind this movie, and I don't think it was because of COVID-19. I think this was before. Because I mean, this is a March release, which is a little odd for Disney. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, especially Disney's Pixar. Why don't you think this had as much, I guess you could say, hype building up to it as usual when it comes to other Pixar movies? I think one is definitely the release time. Like when, so Incredibles was like primetime summer. Incredibles 2, I mean. Coco was. Toy Story 4 was primetime summer. Toy Story 4 was primetime summer. Coco was Thanksgiving. Holiday season. Yeah, it's. It felt a little buried. I think the initial trailers looked eh. And, and I think that, like, you know, Renee, and we'll talk about our Pixar rankings later, but there's just not the same level of hype around a Pixar movie as there was in like the the aughts. The new Pixar movie Soul has been hyped longer than this has. So I think yes, that's part of it. That's true. And also I like to watch the behind the scenes of these movies a lot. Did the I wouldn't say the animation was subpar, but I don't feel like it stood out like it, like most Pixar movies do. They just have a different feel to them. This almost felt kind of like a Disney animation movie. Well, I don't even know, like, usually in Pixar, like like we talked about in Coco, 
or even the Incredibles too. There's usually at least a scene or two where it feels like they're flexing the computing power that they have. You know what I mean? Like this yes. is the state of the art, like they did in Coco. Yeah, like the city or something, like or the water. Some of the water, even in Incredibles too. Like I don't know, like what what is the marquee? This is what we can do now. Shot in this. It was the giant inflatable Cheeto. <laughs> That, that was it. Hilarious. They were flexing their, you know, what they could do with inflatable Cheetos. All right. Well, I mean, Pixie kind of set us up. What's kind of the general plot? If someone hasn't seen this, what's kind of the general plot of this movie? Um, there's two brothers, and they live with their mom. And one of them is turning 16. So they get a gift that was the, the mom has been holding forever. Literally forever because his dad passed away before he was born. And so she's been holding on to this gift to give to them. And suddenly, everything's like, oh. you know, the the older brother is like, oh my gosh, we can make magic. We can make magic happen. Uh, Onward does a good story in setting up that magic was there. And people just got mm-hmm. lazy. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? I did like the opening. Long ago, the world was full of wonder. <laughs> It was adventurous, exciting, and best of all, there was magic. It's an incredibly strong concept, you know what I mean? Because so often what Pixar has done is just anthropomorphize something cute, like, oh, here's toys who can come to life, or here's fish who can talk, or here's cars who can talk. Like, this is, like, a really out there concept to try and nail down. Like, it's it's like fantasy that was replaced by modern-day technology. I did love the fantasy elements of it, but I also am a Dungeons & Dragons player, so it was, like, right in all my loves Except for the unicorns. I did not like the unicorns. They, <laughs> the raccoon unicorns? Yeah, they treat like raccoons. And I have like two <laughs> unicorns in my house. I'm like, no, this is not okay, you guys. <laughs> I kind of love that. But Renee, speaking of um, of Dungeons and Dragons, like yeah. how many references like how many references were there in this movie? Because I have never played that before. I did not keep track. But the um, the giant cube that they alluded to, the gelatinous cube, two weeks before I saw this movie, we actually had a gelatinous cube come to my D&D group, and I burned it with fire. It was kind of amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am a dragonborn, and I have the breath of fire, and they let me use it for once. Usually they hold me back, because I really, really get excited, and I want to breathe fire. Just like how... The older brother gets really, really excited and wants to do all these things. And then the younger brother's holding him back. That's the relationship I felt with me versus my dungeon group. (laughs) Pixie, don't take this the wrong way because you're absolutely one of my favorite guests. But I could totally see you being the kind of player who's just going to, like, throw the party for a loop. Anytime a challenge comes up, (laughs) we're just going to, like, throw something out there and, like, let's let's, let's react. Is that that accurate? I'm actually, I'm a supporting class. I don't like to be the tank. There you go. But I do bring in, like... Well, guys, can I do this instead? Will this work? And finally, what I'm like, dude, you keep injuring yourself. Why do I have to heal you the whole time? I can't do anything fun. And I think another reference to like Chris Pratt, uh, who's playing a 19 year. How old is Barley supposed to be in this movie? Like 20, 19? I was going to say early 20s, 23, 24, maybe. His mom says something like it's the longest gap year of all time. 
or something. Which which gives us an idea that he's beyond um, high school graduation, but we just don't know how much beyond. Mm-hmm. And I think he has like a couple like D and D die like pinned on the inside of his van, but like for him, it's like historical fiction. I love that about I this did. movie and how they actually use historical based in their reality, like this historical based fantasy. Where I'm like, give me another clue. What was the other card say? Oh my gosh, what's on this map that they're gonna? Oh my god, the map is burning. Like I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Because this movie, which I loved, is built like a quest, which I imagine is like playing D and D or like the or what was it? Um, his game called something of yore, like time of yore, history of yore. Yeah, tales of yore, something like tales that. tales of yore, something like that. The one thing I did like about that, like you said, is they included the history because. A lot of the time, you just think he's kind of like this giant man-child, like, when he's like, no, it's historically accurate, or no, these are actually the spells, and the whole time, he's right throughout the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And his brother didn't trust him yet until later on, until they had that, you know, awakening. And that was one complaint that I had while I was watching the movie. I thought, like, thematically, this feels a little bit all over the place, like he's learning, like, like, like in the beginning, the, the character of what, what's the Tom Holland's Ian, right? Ian. Ian, Ian Lightfoot. It's trying to set up like who he is, and he's a very passive person. Like, there's a group of like. Oh, he's a huge people, introvert, and his brother's a huge, a huge extrovert. Yeah, and but like the story, it sets that up as like kind of the central conflict, and like not that there's anything wrong to be an introvert, but he's like too afraid to even to ask people to come over to his house to like hang out. You know what I mean? But like the. The lessons that he learns along the way feel a bit scattered. You know what I mean? Because at one point he's like, you know, like, trust yourself. And then I forget what the other ones were, but he's like learning all these kind of like different lessons until the end when the hammer drops and you realize that his brother's been like acting as his father the whole time. <laughs> and that's when the tears started flowing for me. Oh, I cried earlier than that. When did you cry? Which part? Oh, which I, there's a couple like small lines or little scenes that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So it was I cried like when the mom was like all in, and she which normally like Disney has this thing with dead parents, and then the other parents not involved. But this one like Pixar like the mom was fully invested, and she was gonna do everything within her will power to help her sons out. Mm-hmm. And the step. Father horse character too, who's only joking. Main man working hard or hardly working hard <laughs> every time. Like, I don't think a Disney movie is quite gone there, where it's like, you know, maybe not like a perfect step parent, but a very positive force. Not even a step parent, just the boyfriend. True, it was yeah, the, just boyfriend. the boyfriend wasn't. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. Yeah, and there's a lot of different like moving dynamics in this film. Like you said, there's not like dead parents of like, you know, it's like an orphan princess. It's like. You have this, you know, grown adult son, firstborn son, who never made it out of his family's home with, like, no prospects, it seems. You have this, you know, his younger brother who's super introverted. You have the dad who they never met, the boyfriend who's also a cop. And it's just a lot of different Mm -hmm. moving parts. And I appreciated that Pixar did that. I mean... I appreciated the blended familyness of it. It's actually more true to what's really going on that people can identify with. Mm-hmm. Seemed very contemporary, and we might as well get into it. Pappy kind of brought it up earlier, or if you want to, Renee. Um, oh, I, I sent Pappy a text like, "Hey, we're talking about the cop, right?" <laughs> bring it up. Bring up the cop. <laughs> there was a female cop that dropped a line saying, "I had the same thing with my girlfriend's children." 
And I was like, oh, they just went there. They just mm-hmm. referenced a gay relationship. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was pretty happy uh, with that. And like we talked about in Frozen, I just felt like there was so much subtext that it was almost like, why we even put this much subtext if you're not just going <laughs> to fucking just... If you're not going to say it. Just say it. I, I will say, putting my cynical pappy hat on, that like when it's a throwaway line like that, they do that because in the Chinese dub, it's going to just say boyfriend or whatever. But at the same time, like I was shocked. You know what I mean? I was very pleasantly surprised that they... Oh, I knew it, it should, was it shouldn't coming. Be a ri- it shouldn't be a risk, but I'm pleasantly surprised that they that they went there. There were some conservative people that were like, do we still take our children because there's this character? I'm like, they barely say a line. Like, if you're going to like not see a Pixar movie because of one line, that's, you know, your own prerogative. But it's literally one line that Disney one put line. in there. And it was actually it means a lot to a lot of people, though, because it was in there. Instead of, you know, just being... Not at all. Yeah, I was happy they put that in there. And I have a question for you two. At when will, if ever, Disney be ready to have a LGBTQ, like actual main character, or heroine, or hero? I think they're only going to get it through the Marvel Universe and not through Disney Animation. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to move along with Marvel and use that as their playing ground with an, a live human. But the idea, I think, of an LGBTQ character that they then have to put into the parks because, of course, everybody's going to attach and fall in love with this character. I don't know if it's going to be a main character. I think it would be a do a supporting character more than they would a main character. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think that the studio is even like fundamentally telling the same stories that it was 20 years ago. You know what I mean? When, when we were consuming it for like in our when we were the target market for consuming it like they don't really necessarily tell love stories per se anymore and they're not gonna no. they're not gonna go like a prince saving a princess in, in any form anymore like that's been troped out and another thing we talked about cb2 is they don't do the villains anymore and this movie has no villain at all there's no bad guy did you appreciate that i like it uh i i i think that you know some of the most iconic Disney characters of all time have been villains. Not so much Pixar outside of Sid, I think, unless I'm missing a good one. Um, but but yeah, I, it was more about the character's journey than it was fighting some external force. Yeah, I mean, think about it. There's, it's a different kind of movie this is because there's no love interest whatsoever. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, they could have set up very easily in the high school of this is the girl I have a crush on. Mm-hmm. And he goes on this crazy journey and she sees him in this amazing light at the end. They didn't do that. And there's no villain either. It's literally a family kind of like on an uneven footing going through this massive journey. Mm-hmm. Pixar in general has moved away from the stereotype of a villain. I mean, just sorting through my top films that we'll talk about later. I mean, even Monsters uh, franchise, it wasn't a villain per se. It just was a character you didn't like. Mm-hmm. So what are the great... Up has a good villain. Reddit. He's uh, Charles... Um, what's his name? <gasps> That's right. God. And The Incredibles had the villain, too. Incredibles, which, which makes sense. It's more of a superhero. Ratatouille. Well, it's a superhero, yeah. yeah. Ratatouille has the chef, um, Skinner. Skinner, yeah. But other Skinner's than the, the villain in that. Sigourney Weaver and Wally. But other than that, yeah. I mean, it's not really something that they lean on very often. 
I like yeah, it. it seems like something they don't like to do unless it's an absolute necessity. You're right. It's more of kind of just this interpersonal journey that they go through. But these main characters go through. They do have a great character, though, who's the the dinosaur or the dragon thing that's like formed at the end and he slaps on the face that was on the side of the high school that big friendly <laughs> the curse. Yeah, the and friendly then the dragon bell face. was his, his uh, dragon call that was so amazing so every time I it was a so school hard. bell I'm like how am I I'm still laughing it's supposed to be dang- like <laughs> dangerous but it was it was more of the curse of the stone so it wasn't a villain it was just an obstacle that they had to overcome and that mm-hmm. was in that third act that I was waiting for to see what Pixar would do in the third act and then there it was in front of them the whole time. Of course, Barley, with this a little bit of um, public resistance and his advocacy for, you know, strapping himself <laughs> to that statue. Look look where he was on top of that statue. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fun callback, wasn't it? And it was. I don't care if Chris Pratt ever does a leading acting, like he's ever like in a main action movie again. He can do voice acting for the rest of his life. I thought he was incredible in this movie. Oh no! It can't be! A gelatinous cube! Run! Whoa, wait! It's some kind of puzzle! We gotta figure it out! No time! Grab a shield! Absolutely infectious, uh, vulnerable. We need to be vulnerable, and you know what I mean. You buy him as a nineteen-year-old. You know what I mean. You I, do. That's the thing that I keep going back to is like it's it's almost ridiculous for that grown-ass man in his forties to be playing a nineteen-year-old, but it works. <laughs> it works perfectly. I believe he's early forties. Thank yeah. you for making me feel old. Oh well, you know, I didn't say he was an old man. I said he was grown-ass. <laughs> I'm like almost thirty-six, and he's a couple years older than me. Very handsome. And I'm not man. saying like Tom Holland was bad either, no. but Chris Pratt just shined in this movie. He showed more in his voice than he has in his like range of Star Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, it was so much fun to watch. Um I I might as well say this. Uh we never get to hear the dad actually talk, like in the actual movie itself. I liked that. I loved that because I, love I cried when Barley told me, Dad wanted me to give this to you, and he hugged him. Tears started streaming at that point. Yes, I love that part. <laughs> like, maybe the third time I cried. And it, it made sense, too, because I was like, how are they going to, like, land this? Because the whole time the mom character is, like, chasing him down with that manticore, I'm like, is she not <laughs> yeah. going to be able to see her dead ex-husband? Like, that's so shocking. And it's like, the dead ex-husband gets less and less time on Earth. But, like, the ending that they go with is the only way that I feel like they could have gone with it and, and it having worked, right? It's just kind of... It, it, it worked perfectly for Barley's character, too. And it was from Ian's perspective, too. Yes. Which I really liked how we didn't get that intimacy of it. We got it from Ian's perspective from the outside. Because mm-hmm. it left that little yeah. bit of mystery. Stevie, how do you feel about the whole Manticore subplot uh, with the mom? Um... That was probably my least favorite part, to be honest. It felt like um, they needed a way to get the mom to their boys outside of her just going from her house and see, like, on the news or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy they showed... Uh, what's her name? Laurel? Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character? Laurel? I'm happy they yeah. showed her along the way with the manticore. 
And it was kind of, I mean, I'm happy they showed her journey instead of her just turning on the news and being like, oh my gosh, those are my boys. Mm-hmm. So that had been a really lazy way to do it because I hate news popping up in movies. But um, that was probably one of the weakest parts of the movie, if I had a gripe of it. I, I love Octavia Spencer so much. I wish she would have been more integral to the boys' journey rather than chasing them down ultimately to no, no end, basically. She provided exposition. Yeah. That's... It's kind of an exposition, exposition dump with her character. Yeah. But um, you ever have uh, anything else to add? Pixies were funny. What do you think, Pixie Bomber? <laughs> Throwing me under the pixie uh, biker, pixie biker, (laughs) oh pixie biker. (laughs) I kind of thought about how I could make that into a costume while I was watching it. (laughs) Awesome. I was like, how can I do this? How can I make this for when I'm allowed to go to Comic Con again? Huh? I'm like, I could add some wings. I'm small enough. I can make my hair this way. Uh, I I thought it was humorous, and it. And that was, like, when the first reveals where, like, magic was possible was him telling me, well, you guys can fly. You know, Barley just being, you know, himself, but not realizing what he's talking to, a bunch of bikers. Hey, you know what, Pappy and I said, like, there's points in Pixar movies where they flex their muscles. Mm-hmm. That was probably the highway scene when the pixies are chasing them and that chain wraps around Ian's wrist. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was probably like the shining light of animation in this movie. Oh, and Barley was like the little pixie size right there. And Barley was a little pixie, and it was really chaotic. I think if I think once we kind of see um, behind the scenes and how that was done, that's probably the flexing muscle point. It was a lot of action. I have one more point too before we get to yes or no's. Do you guys think? And, that, and if this is gonna give away what's in your list, don't give me. Don't feel bad to go there. But do you guys think this is gonna be destined to be the most underrated Pixar movie? Of all time, one hundred percent underrated. Yes, but not lowest rated. Absolutely, yeah. I just feel like people aren't going to see it, and people, it's it's a very quality film. I feel like people, it'll be kind of like Meet the Robinsons. Yes, where it kind of came and went, and then eight years later, be like, have you seen Meet the Robinsons? It's really good. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it'll be a lot like that. Mm-hmm. And we're recording this before it drops on Disney Plus too, Correct. so hopefully. When it comes I around, then more people will see it. I think it'll pick up on Disney Plus. I think that's. I, mean, I really hope you so. You guys watched it on Prime. It's not Prime. Able... It's like Amazon. I, I it. It's like Amazon <laughs> Cinemas or something. It's like so. It was like an early okay. okay. Which so it's the yeah. first movie I've ever watched on that kind of platform. And like when I was doing it, I was very aware I was doing something I'm probably gonna do for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like be able to watch movies right after they're in theaters in that like in between window. And it's just a weird feeling, you know what I mean? This is like you said, you just we're recording a spoilers episode on it. It was just in theaters three weeks ago and I watched it on my TV. Like, is there a chance though that like I mean well are movie companies looking for a way to capitalize on this? You mean like the the expediency of getting it to the people immediately? Yes, of getting it to the people, yes. I think that it's gonna be more possible with right now the state of our society where theaters aren't having films out. And so there's going to be a lot of straight-to-release or delayed releases. But I think that instant gratification, we're going to probably see what happens with Disney once they drop it and how many viewers are all, like, just watch Letterbox and how many people start logging that film in within that first weekend. Mm-hmm. Also, I have one thing to add. Uh, a few spoilers listeners who have no idea what Pappy and me look like because we don't post our photos on Instagram or you guys are so weird. Twitter like that. 
Um, Ian and Barley is a pretty good starting point of what we actually look like. <laughs> Am I Ian? You are Ian 110%. And also because of that birthday photo. <laughs> Ian kind of looks like Tom Holland, too. I was like looking at him. I can kind of see a little bit of Tom Holland in his character design. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. But yeah, that's us. Just- Ian and Barley is a pretty good starting point as far as personality and look goes. <laughs> when we start up the Disney spinoff pod again, Stevie, that'll be our uh, profile picture. That'll Those be two. our profile Here's right avatars. there. Yeah. Yes. So Me, I'm, um, my face is all over my Instagram, so you can't really get away from that. <laughs> so let's get into yes or no's. Pixie, I'll start with you. Um, yes, yes, and I'm going to watch it again, yes. Pappy? Yeah, uh, I'll go a little bit longer than that. It's a yes uh, for me. Like I said, it's a little bit. Sometimes I, I feel like they're trying to do a lot with the film, but it is so strong and it's uh, concept and it's so strong and it's like emotion that it hits you with at the end. Uh, this is a, a classic Pixar film, I would even dare to say, and it feels so good in this era of cinematic universes and Frozen 2s and Incredibles 2s that and Toy Story 4s that this is a original not just an original story, an original concept. I mean, yeah, it's leaning heavily on fantasy and D&D elements, but it hasn't been told in this way where that's in the background of a normal society and that's that's part of their life so very hard yes uh if you're hearing this before it's out on disney plus uh look forward to it because it's a really good one yeah i'm with you pap um i won't go too long with it but i think this is a classic pixar movie i mean we're fresh kind of off of incredibles 2 finding dory toy story 4 and you see something really out of the norm here was super refreshing so I will give this a hard, hard yes. Um, I hope our audience loves this movie as much as I did. But we're going to do something a little special here. And if you don't love it, with... you can at me on Twitter and I will fight you and I will send you DMV <laughs> gifts the whole time through. <laughs> also, if you cried watching it, give us a shout out on Twitter or Instagram and we'll yes. give you a shout out as well. Love All it. the loves. Uh, and let us know at what point because... Yeah, I definitely cried when I gave him that hug at the end. Hard tears. Not Coco tears, but hard tears. Like Toy Story 4 level tears happened. <laughs> I cried Speaking through of that Toy one. Story 4, <laughs> we are going to go and quickly rank our Pixar movies from uh, Pixar movies 1 to 22. Pappy, I will start with you. You can start at 22 or you can start at 1. Either or, go. Okay, my bottom three. I've only seen these once. Guys, do these real quick. Is The Good Dinosaur, Cars 2, and Cars 3. I barely remember Cars 2. I don't like it. I actually haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur, so I'm going to rec- recuse myself from that. It's on my watch list. No, dude, uh, it's, it's bad. Remember you how you to, guys dude. warned me on the podcast about The Dinosaur? It's equivalent to that. Okay. Yep. So animation is stupendous. So just watch it on mute in the background, and then don't listen to the story, because the story is shit. But like, it's visually stunning. So I'll get those bottom three out of the way. I don't like those. Okay. Are you going to keep going? Oh, do I, do I keep going? Uh, oh, dude, keep going. Go to one. Okay. Go all the way up so we can fight you. Okay, so number 19, uh, Monsters University. It's funny. I saw at a drive-in movie. We we're talking about drive-ins before this. It might be some in the bonus content after the episode, but I don't know. It just fell a little flat for me. Uh, then Cars, uh, you know... Cars is Cars. Cars feels like a franchise made to sell toys to little boys. It doesn't feel like it's as committed to a Pixar story. Finding Dory, Bugs Life, Incredibles 2. 
I have Brave at 14, uh, but now, I mean, from Incredibles 2 on, I'm giving all of these movies four out of five stars on Letterboxd. So they're all good. Uh, so Incredibles 2, Brave, Incredibles, Onward, uh, coming in at number 12, uh, so almost the exact middle here. Inside Out, uh, Toy Story 2 is in my top 10. Uh, I like Toy Story 2 a lot. It is my least favorite of the Toy Stories. Uh, when She Loved Me borders on the two sad Pixar feels for me. It's like right on that line, but it's it's a really good addition to the franchise. Then Toy Story 4, uh, which I love. I know Renee and you love too. Uh, Monsters, Inc. 8. We're getting into like perfect movie territory, basically. Monsters, yes. Inc. is so fucking incredible. It's such a flawlessly executed story. And the voice acting is so good. Again, like a, a concept out of nowhere. And it's like they, they, that legendary back of the napkin meeting that, that they had where they cut, cut, like sketched out Finding Dory or Finding Nemo, Toy Story, and Monsters, Inc. Like all of those three concepts are so good. But I mentioned Finding Nemo. That's my number seven. I recently rewatched it. It's very good. I, I'm blown away by the animation quality uh, for the time. Uh, six is up. Up is one of the most top-heavy uh, Pixar movies. Uh, <laughs> the beginning is incredible. The middle and end, I think, are very forgettable. Uh, Toy Story 3 at number 5. Uh, man, just a good movie. Hey, me too. Very sad. Ratatouille at number 4. At this point now, we're in all five-star movies. Like this is, I, I really can't rank these. Like I don't really know if Ratatouille is better or worse than Coco, but I have it at number 4. It's flawless, but I think Coco just does a little bit more in terms of animation quality and a little bit more in terms of like crying that I did in the theater at the end. I've never cried that way before in my life. Uh, <laughs> number two, I have Wally at number two. I don't know if it actually belongs here. It's kind of got up syndrome where the beginning is just so fucking incredibly strong. It, it yeah. definitely peters away. But I just love the relationship of Wally and Eva so much. <laughs> and uh, number one, Stevie, I know you're gonna hate me for this, but I have the original Toy Story. An absolute good for you. An All absolutely, happy and I have the same one and twos. <laughs> good for you. An absolutely flawless movie, Stevie. I know that you're saying it's only because of historical context, but I think it has the best music of the Pixar's. Like we take for granted that like you've got a friend in me. Is just you got friend in me. part of our culture. It didn't exist at one point, and then it existed, and then and like yeah, it's a perfect. I talked about some of the thematic problems I had with Onward. Thematically, it is perfect. It's trying to tell you one lesson. It's talking about one story, like you know, sharing the spotlight with someone, and it does it perfectly. It's a perfect buddy movie, and yeah, I, I just the fact that it's the first animated movie all on computers. Like is what sets it over the edge. So it that's, that's my top too. It still holds up. Just watch it the other day. All right, Pixie, go ahead. Okay. Um, my bottom is the good dinosaur. Big surprise. <laughs> and then we have Cars. Disney should stop doing dinosaur movies. I know they're always a fail. They really um, are. <laughs> okay, so 20, 21, Cars two, twenty, Bugs Life. We have Monsters University, Cars three. Finding Dory. You guys will hate me, but number 16 is Toy Story 2. Oh. I know. Not too bad. Yep. 15 Brave, 14 Ratatouille, 13 Cars. And all these are in that four-star film range. It's just a matter of which ones emotionally tugged at me more. 
which ones, you know, did I feel more of? Uh, 12 Incredibles 2, 11 up, 10 Coco. Oh, the animation. Gorgeous. Uh, 9 Monsters Inc., 8 Finding Nemo, 7 We Have Onward, and now we're into the five star films, the top six Toy Story 4. I cried so much. Oh, so much. Uh, Toy Story 3 cried with that furnace scene like nothing else. Uh, number four, Inside Out. Like, so good. Whenever I watch Inside Out, I identify with a different feeling each time. And so every time I watch it, it's a different experience because I'm relating to a different feeling as I watch it. Number three, Incredibles, two Wally, and one, the one that holds still, Toy Story. So it looks like only Pappy and I have a friend in me. That's it. But not you. Stevie, before you go, it's crazy how, like, like you and I are almost the most in sync out of anybody on this podcast. And 100%. Renee and I are, are extro- like notoriously extraordinarily <laughs> different in our tastes. But, like... <laughs> The pick, people's Pixar rankings just like never cease to astound me. You know what I mean? It's just like I I, I never fault anybody in their ranking because nope. they're all such good movies. But like, you could tell me like any one of those top ten movies are your favorite. I'd be like, yeah, I could see that for sure. That's what's kind of the beauty of Pixar, though. Is like, there's not really a wrong answer outside of a couple with which one's your favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, like if someone told me Cars Two is my favorite Pixar movie, I'd probably have an issue with it. Yeah. <laughs> I would judge them. All right. Coming in at 22, Cars 2. I cannot stand that movie. 21, The Good Dinosaur. I think we all hate this movie. Pappy, don't watch it. Um, Just get out of the way. 20, Cars 3. It's really not good. Finding Dory bothered me a lot. The fact that they even made it. I thought it was unnecessary. Um, 18, A Bug's Life. Um, I have 17 with Incredibles 2. I did not like that movie as much as other people did. 16, Cars. Uh, this is when I really felt that Pixar was kind of taking a dip in quality. Uh, 15 is Monsters University. 14, I know it's low, but I think it's because I love these other movies just as much as uh, Finding Nemo. Uh, 13, I have Toy Story 2. 12, I have Brave. Great movie. 11, I have Toy Story 4. Um, number 10, I know it's your guys' number ones. Like, I love all these movies, but I'm just... My preference of what I want to watch is Toy Story. Uh, the original Toy Story, I know. At least it's in your top 10. Yes, it's in my top 10. Um, 9, I have WALL-E. 8, I have Monsters, Inc. That movie is so gosh darn funny and so good. 7, brand new to the crowd, Onward. I just think that movie is fantastic. I've already seen it three times. Uh, number six, I have Inside Out. Number five, uh, Toy Story 3. I, I saw that movie so many times in theaters, and I just think it's absolutely incredible. Number four is Up. Um, then I think my next three are my perfect, what I consider to be perfect movies, is uh, The Incredibles. Then uh, I have number two at Coco. I've never cried so hard in a theater in my life. And then number one, which I will credit this movie for the reason I absolutely love to cook, is Ratatouille. I am always in the kitchen trying to find new recipes. 
And this movie is half my inspiration for it, so that's my list. Reddit 2 is a flawless movie. It is so good. It's flawless. It's, it's a so perfect enjoyable. movie to me. Like, the older I get, the more I love it. Absolutely perfect movie. But, um, anything else? Pap, what do we have coming down the pipeline as far as spoilers goes? Yeah, I think Fast Five is going to be out around this time uh, this podcast comes out. So it might be one before or one after in the feed. But definitely check that out. And then, what do we do after Fast Five? Uh, Fast and Furious 6? I oh. think. So more, fa- more Fast Sorry. and Furious movies. Just get <laughs> ready for Have you those. seen them? <laughs> no. I'm telling you, I used to be the same way. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying them. I saw the latest one that wasn't Hobbs and Shaw, whatever number that was. And the first yeah. one. I saw the end cap. <laughs> and like I said at the end of uh, District B13, but like, hey, thanks for everyone for uh, listening to us. Like, we probably get a lot of plays of people in their car or people at work, which may or may not be happening now. So if you're a fan and you've been listening for a long time, just uh, send it, shoot us a DM on one of our platforms, especially if it's like a new movie or a movie on a streaming platform, and we'll, we'll do that for you, for sure. They're uh, better at responding on Instagram, you. so slide into their Instagram DMs like I do. Their it's Twitter. Lit. Yeah. Seriously. Twitter's hit and miss. Twitter's hit and miss with you guys. <laughs> but if you, if you tag them on Twitter, the, you'll definitely get their attention. Just don't slide into their DMs on Twitter. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. But their Instagram, for sure. Go there. It's fun. Pixie, do you have any podcasts coming out that you've been on besides ours? Um, I just recorded one earlier today about cosplayers who are sewing masks for medical facilities. And so I don't know when that is dropping on Northwest Nerds Very podcast. Cool. But I was interviewed. And I, my name is now in print. And so now my voice will be heard everywhere. Nice. Northwest yeah. Nerd. Good show. That's how I started, and then you guys found me, and I think I've been on your guys' podcast more than theirs, so yay for you guys. Well, we love having you, and also to our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. We love doing Disney as well as any other movie you guys can think of. Uh, Take us in your top three Pixar movies. Put it on the Twitter. Let us know what your top three are. Yeah, rank your Pixar movies and tell me how wrong I am because I have different tastes than most. One more thing, Stevie, <laughs> too, before you toss it to Spoiler Man. Uh, we're updating, or it's taken me a while, apologies, but we're updating the oh, every Disney movie ranked podcast. Stevie, Pixie, and I are still the only people ever to do one podcast on every Disney movie. We're very proud of that. And it's updated with Frozen 2. So if you listen to it three times already, give it a fourth listen. Why not? It's or fun. just scroll Why to the end. Not. <laughs> Nah, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that was spoilers. Take it away, spoiler man. Spoiler man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, 1. Search for movie spoilers. 2. Click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. 3. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts.
Pap, is Colorado as serious as Indiana is right now as far as shelter goes? Uh, we don't have the shelter in place per se, but they had to we re- do. reduce work. Well, Every business had to cut back on staff by 50%. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm work- I've am i been working from home for two weeks, so it's no different. I had to fill out a form because I was the last one on my team not to fill it out. And they're like, Renee, you have to fill this out. And I was like, fine. Because we, we predicted there's only maybe 10 of us in the office. And the office is usually 35 to 50 people. And so everybody oh. got sent home to work from home because my job is essential for the state government. So, you know. But if there was a full government shutdown and we lost our budget, I am not essential staff. But my office is essential. Confusing times. Yeah, especially when the governor tells us that w- I am essential business. That's always hilarious. <laughs> oh, I knew I was essential. Uh... I'm, okay, I'm struggling with how I rank it within my Toy Stories, though. I put all of them in the same bracket, besides one. Well, Toy Story 1 is my top. Spoiler alert. Oh, boy. I know, I know. But I really liked 4. I cried a lot in 4, but I really liked this one. Ah! My Toy Story 1's your, like, number one? Yeah. Are you gonna fight me? No. <laughs> I, I respect all rankings. Besides for, for, besides for Vultures, theirs was terrible. Vultures is not good. Vultures was a bad ranking. They had, like, Brave at, like, dead last. Brave's not that bad. I think uh, Brave really, really solid. They, they ranked it above the Good Dinosaur, which was kind of trash. The Good Dinosaur is, like, my... I think it's my bottom one. Yeah, it's my caboose. Alrighty. No, Brave isn't, like, super... I mean, it's in my top... Ugh. Okay, it's... It's better than Toy Story 2. I wasn't a big Toy Story 2 fan. When was the last favorite. time you watched it? Toy Story 2? Yeah, I like Toy Story 2. I want to do the full four films in a row. I think I it's do, good. I want to do a rewatch in order and just knock them all out. I did the rewatch earlier this year. It's so satisfying. It's the best movie franchise ever. We should start doing commentaries on these things. Let's see. Which we could have done. On dis on District B thirteen path. <laughs> well, you can do. Um, there's a way if you guys sync up with Netflix, you could actually do like record as you guys all watch it simultaneously. Like oh, the watch party. party? Yeah. yeah, do a watch party for the podcast since every like films aren't coming out unless you go to a drive-in theater. Which, by the way, my drive-in theater is playing onward. <laughs> is it really? I, I mean, it is a good hour, an hour 15 drive, but yeah, the drive-in theater up north is playing onward. I don't think and ours is open theater. yet. Oh, they opened early. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, we're opening early. I, I don't, don't know if they open The one in Plymouth is like. open, yeah, let me see. Plymouth drive-in theater. Because they're not going to show anything new, because nothing from the studios are out. And so they're still Are they carrying- just halting like all movies coming out? Well, with in Washington State with shelter in place, all theaters are closed. With California, theaters are closed. New York theaters are closed. Those are the like giant markets. 
So if you lose your LA market and your New York market, where else do you have a major market to release a film? That's true. Mm-hmm. And this is going to fuck with uh, Oscars too, because they have to have a theater release in order for it to be qualified because it can't go straight to... Um, I'll be so excited if the entire Oscar field is only the months of January and February and early March. Best picture. I will be so thrilled if that happens. That was spoilers.